With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Maybe I'm crazy, but UCLA football and the Dolphins are competing to be the worst at the very worst of being the worst of the worst of worstness forever. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not. Welcome to the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. There's no Brandon Newman this time. (laughs) Brandon has moved on to Barstool Sports. If you didn't catch last week's episode, we are very happy for him. I believe he is leaving LA tomorrow, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay. Um, He is heading off to New York with his wife, Michelle, who is pregnant with a baby, are we saying? Yeah. Yeah, baby baby. boy. It's a baby. Um, And also also their dog, Roadblock. (laughs) And their dog, Roadblock. They're heading to New York. Brandon is starting at Barstool Sports. We're very happy for him. So it's going to be uh, me, obviously, our usual crew, Ariana, Donnie, Jeremy, Heller. Hola. Uh, yeah, right. And John Hill, uh, our resident uh, Eagles fan. How are you feeling about the Eagles? I'm like, eh. Next. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I, I felt better, but I don't know. Well, yeah, well, for now. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Um, Anyway, MJ Acosta, one of my best friends. Uh, I met her in Miami at Barry University. We went to school together. She is now at the NFL Network. She is fabulous, and she will join us to talk about everything that happened this week. Um, She was also covering the whole Antonio Brown saga with the Raiders, so she has a little insight there. Um, And we have a couple fun stories that we slip in there as well. Uh, We're going to talk about Chip Kelly, as I mentioned at the top of the show, the Browns, uh, insane referees, these calls and petty court, um, lots of injuries, the Cowboys, some WNBA love later in the show, uh, Odell, review or preview, a new fun segment created by Donnie. Hey. There's a lot of movies. I've seen a lot of movies in the past couple of weeks, so we got to talk about them. Um, we're retiring the old guard of quarterbacks, not Tom Brady because he doesn't count, um, but pretty much everyone else is uh, skipping on their way out, and Daniel Jones, obviously. But let's get started with MJ Acosta of NFL Network. All right, I'm very excited about this. One of my very best friends in the entire world, MJ Acosta. Uh, MJ and I go way back to college at Barry University in Miami. She is now on NFL Network. She is, uh, like myself, a hustler. I know we look like, uh, you know, we're like 20 years old and we just, you know, wandered onto the scene, but we've actually been doing this a long time. We're old biddies. Um, Welcome, MJ. So happy to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Joy. It's that melanin girl. That's what we have to think. True, true, true. I love that. All right, well, let's get started. You have been covering the Antonio Brown thing, which we'll get to a little bit later, but MJ covers the Raiders and the 49ers in the Bay Area. And I want to start with last night. We'll talk about the 49ers, the Raiders, and a bunch of other stuff. But I want to start with last night, the Browns. So they beat the Jets, who are completely depleted, and uh, like you really can't even evaluate because they have no one, including Sam Darnold. Um, and now they're out Trevor Simeon and down to Falk. They're a separate situation. But what did you like from Baker Mayfield last night? Because I didn't really think he looked that good. No, and the thing is, like, I'm actually headed to Cleveland this weekend to cover that Sunday night game against the Rams. Um, So this is perfect timing in this sense. When I watch Baker, it's like he's never going to be that, like, finesse kind of quarterback that's like seamless out there he's a gritty guy he's a pretty QB he's in your face and that's sort of his playing style he's going to be scrappy and that's what we saw um on Monday night as well even though they were going up against the Jets team that like you said is depleted um that's sort of what I see from him is he's he's gonna like fight his way to the end zone and and fight his way to make this offense sort of come together um to, to get these wins throughout the season I just really, I don't know. I thought he was very inaccurate. I know he was running for his life, but aside from Odell, like if Odell didn't have the night that he had, I just think that they would have been a colossal disappointment, maybe even a disaster. And if you're looking at their next couple of games, it could be really bad for them really quickly. But speaking of that, the 49ers are 2-0. and They look impressive. I was a 49ers doubter before the season started. I really didn't know what to make of Jimmy G yet, but they've looked great. And what besides Jimmy being back, uh, has been the biggest factor for them? I think there's two things with, with the Niners right now. 
On offense, aside from Jimmy, I think it's the evolution of their running back. So they went out and got Kevin Coleman, which lasted all of five seconds because then he got hurt in the very first week. But Matt Burrito, we saw last season, he's a workhorse. I mean, he played through some, some pretty intense stuff. He was hurt um, a lot and still went up there and, and carried the team on his back. He's doing that again this season, but Raheem Mostert, um, who's kind of like a second, third-string guy, still went out there and kind of showed a little bit of the promise we saw from 2018 uh, before he broke his arm. So it's interesting to see now the breed of Mostert dynamic coming together for these guys. But on defense, that's where I see the biggest difference. These guys have a major confidence boost, and with reason. I mean, they have D Ford, they have Quan Alexander, they have Nick Bosa. Um, they've really been able to stop the run. I mean, against the Bengals, they only let up 25 guards and they're getting after QBs which is exactly what they want to see so um, that four sacks last week against Cincy which is already a much better pace than what we saw last year and they're really starting to get it together in the turnover battle so I think the defense here is, is the key for the Niners yeah I have Brady on one of my three fantasy football teams I might have ever done it on the fantasy football front actually I'm in week two and I already have to give myself reminders to check my teams because it's just it's just a lot three is too many how many are you doing this year one I only have one one barely and it's like stressing me out I don't know how you're doing three well so here's what happened I always do one because I'm in the all-female CBS fantasy football league which I've been in for like five or six years now um, which is run by Jamie Eisenberg. Shout out Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports. Um, used to work for them. And then I have the Herd one, and then I have the Maybe I'm Crazy Fantasy Football League. Ugh. Yeah, I know. No. It's, it's, I got, I got it's in a lot. this year. I avoided it last year somehow and just stayed under the fray. So I was trying to focus on getting my beats correct in my first year at the NFL Network. But this year, I was like, all right, I got to do it. And I remember now why I didn't miss it last year. I'm so stressed. Yeah, and then also I made this really great decision to get Drew Brees in two of them. So, you know, I got to make some moves there. But speaking of injuries, Ben Roethlisberger is out for the season, non-contact injury. Um, The 49ers host the Steelers on Sunday. I personally feel like the Steelers season is over. I know everyone is being uh, very optimistic with this Mason Rudolph situation. I didn't like the way they looked before Ben was injured. I don't think they have the talent on offense that they need to actually make noise in the playoffs for the AFC. Winning the AFC North, okay, that's great. That's cute. That's not what the Steelers are supposed to do. There's, but like that's that's a given you win the AFC North. The Steelers have championship-level right. expectations every year. You're the Pittsburgh freaking Steelers. So do you think that their season is over? I think it's, it's going to be really rough. I agree. with Even with Ben at the helm, which obviously he leads his offense, it was already looking pretty dire. And now is, oh, I mean, of course, people are going to say they're optimistic, right? What else are they going to say, you know, when your QB, your starting QB goes down? But, like, there's no there's no feasible comparison between Ben and anyone, let alone, let alone Ben and Mason Rudolph. I mean, that's, that's just not going to happen. So it's looking really, really dire. I mean, they did get Minka Fitzpatrick, so their defense will be bolstered. Right. Um, he definitely has a chance there to really shine. But, I mean, that alone is not going to, it's not going to fix what's happening uh, with the Steelers. No, and they don't have a first-round pick now next year because of that Minka Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. trade. Speaking of Minka, let's go down to our, our uh, well, my old hood and city and your uh, hometown of Miami. Uh, so the Dolphins traded Minka Fitzpatrick. They now have really no playmakers whatsoever left on the team. Uh, I'm furious with what the Dolphins are doing. I don't believe in tanking in any sports. I don't believe it it ever works. I've not seen uh, championships from it or sustained sustained success. I think it permeates through every level of the organization and through the city. When a team tanks, it takes years to come back from you completely gut your organization of any high level talents and any high salaries. And now they have 15 draft picks in next year's draft, including three in the first round. I know the Dolphins very well, as do you, which is why I have no faith that this will work. And it's uh, I, I don't I don't get it. And I, honestly, I don't think Brian Flores is going to survive whatever this plan is to see it through to fruition anyway. But uh, your thoughts on what the Dolphins are doing? I mean, it's insane. Like it's five first rounders in the next two drafts, which sounds great on paper, right? Given all of the other circumstances around this dumpster fire, but I, I, I agree. I, I can't imagine. You would have to hit on every single 
take, which of course doesn't happen for any team, let alone one who's trying to rebuild something as colossal of a failure as this. This is bad. I mean, the last couple of weeks they lost Kenny Stills, Laramie Tunsil, and now Minka. And you, can, I can't even be mad at Minka for asking for a trade. I mean, anyone would want to get out of there. They want to win. These guys want to play. They're hyper competitive. They're not here for a rebuild. They're trying to win rings. So it's just, it's really disappointing. As a fan, it hurts me in the deepest core of my soul. Uh, so, I mean, ugh, all we can do is pray at this point. <laughs> all we can do is pray. Just so you know, uh, well, obviously, you know my Miami Dolphins uh, ties, but MJ was a Miami Dolphins cheerleader also. What year was it? Mm-hmm. 2012 to 2013. 2012. Um, I was at MJ's tryout. I made her sign. <laughs> it was fantastic. What was, your, what was your number? Do you remember? I was number 69. 60, yeah, 69. Gronk would love that joke. Yeah. Um, yep, and yep. wait, I'm going to see if I remember uh, what you what dance you did. Didn't you do uh, Shania Twain? No, it was not Shania Twain. It was, uh, but I think Shania Twain has done a rendition of the song, but it, it was I'm a woman, just, you know, to be abundantly clear. <laughs> but it was like, for me, my version was I'm a grown-ass woman at that point. So right, but what, what was the, but that was the song, right? Like, yeah, I feel like a yeah. woman, right? Yes, yes, yes. It wasn't that song. But it sounds similar to that. I can remember. Okay, so I was like, all right, so I'm like 98% right. This is very good for me. I I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday. It's pretty good. I'm very impressed. Um, Okay, so Dak Prescott. I'm a huge Dak fan. I I think he's a winner, which is really all I care about. Uh, I don't – I get it where people are skeptical of him because he's not great at anything. He's not – He's being compared to Patrick Mahomes, which I think is unfair. And but I don't even like that we do this thing where we compare each quarterback because all of them are so – quarterbacks at a high level are all so incredibly unique that I don't think it's fair to do comparisons anyway. But I like Dak. I think they should have paid him before the season. I do think he's still going to get paid, and he should definitely not take a discount. But w- what do you think of Dak? Because, I mean, he just keeps winning. And that's the that's what matters the most in my book is the W's. I mean, I got to speak with him uh, one-on-one back at the Pro Bowl. Not only does he win, but he does so much for this organization. Fans absolutely love him, again, because he's putting up W's, on, uh, you know, for this team. And they absolutely need to pay him. I mean, if we want to go down the comparison route, which I agree with you, we shouldn't compare. But Jimmy got super paid. And Jimmy has not even played as anywhere near as many games as Dak has or won as many games as Dak has. So it's like, if you want to go the comparison route, there's one key point in Dak's favor to get paid. I can't imagine that they wouldn't make sure that he gets his bag, you know, before the end of the season. I mean, it has to happen soon, I would imagine. And, yeah, there's no low-balling him at this point. He's, he's got to get it done. He's their starting quarterback. He's leading this team. I don't understand why it's taking this long, to be honest. So we're very excited about the Super Bowl this year. Obviously, it's going to be in Miami. My pick for the Super Bowl is the Chiefs and Cowboys. How do you like that? And who was your who was your Super Bowl pick before the season started? I did. So I had the Chiefs in there for sure. I was still looking, but now the Cowboys are looking like the the, the main team that could go up against them. Um, I think that would be fire. So far, especially in South Florida, I think people w- would love this type of matchup. And I'm more excited for game day atmosphere, of course, because you and I both know how uh, tailgates and, and, and pregame gets down in South Florida. I, the, I saw, I th- maybe you have seen the video that was circulating on social media last week from the Dolphins uh, <laughs> tailgate. It was oh not safe for no, work. I think I missed it. Um, I mean, you can assume oh, what it was. It, it was something, yeah. it was like a Tootsie's promotion or something of the sort. Oh, God. So you know what it is. Oh, yep. Uh, Tootsie's it. has good wings. For those of you who don't know, you'll know soon in February. Yeah, I don't think people are really prepared for the turn-up level of tailgates. At f- it doesn't matter if the Dolphins are losing. Like, any opportunity to party in Miami is going to get taken to the highest level. We don't do anything. It's zero or 100. Like, you're either staying in the house or you're doing the absolute most. There's no moderation. There is a club in every single pro sports venue in South Florida. From Hard Rock to Marlins Park to whatever the American Airlines Arena is going to be named now. There's a club literally inside every single one of them so just to put it in context for folks that may not understand what's happening to add to that the baseball park 
which traditionally baseball is the most conservative sport, obviously. We know that. They have topless women who have their boobs spray painted walking around the club that's inside the baseball park. Inside Marlins Park. They wear thongs. And that's like, and, and it's normal. We never questioned it. No one even thought it was weird. That's that's what's so remarkable about that. So it's the Clevelander. It's at Marlins Park. It's actually a great time because the the actual Clevelander is kind of played out like on South Beach. You really only go to the Clevelander if you are an absolute tourist. Nobody's like, oh, like, where should we go today? Let's go to the Clevelander. You'd be like, ugh, who are you? No. What? So the I can't remember the last time I went to South Beach. By the way, for anybody who, like, needs to hear this, the Dolphins don't play on South Beach. Like, I cannot hear that one more time. Yeah, neither they do the Heat. Neither do the Heat. But, you know, but, right. but LeBron started that and it'll never end for the rest of the time. Right. Um, but it's fine. It's close enough, at least, for, the, for LeBron. The, the Dolphins are nowhere near yeah. that. And the training facility is not even in the same county. Um, all right. So I think Rogers, I think Aaron Rodgers will be the MVP. I said that before the season started. I thought the Packers were going to be a lot better this year than they were last year. Um, they haven't had a dynamic offensive performance. But I, the, the bigger picture for me, because I'm not worried about Aaron Rodgers in the offense, is that they, he never really had a strong defense since the Super Bowl win and now he does so i think the packers are going to be a real problem for people this year i agree their defense has held opposing quarterbacks to a 58.3 patcher rating this season granted through two games fine but still i mean i i don't know of another defense who's doing that well check my stats and there are many of them but this goes well for the packers i mean i i'd never worry with rogers he doesn't need like a, a tremendous receiving quarterback he'll make it happen that's why he is who he is uh, but Devontae Adams is one of my favorite guys out there, and, and he's been doing well, 106 receiving yards last game. So I think when you mesh those two things, it's it's a recipe for success. So Lamar Jackson, I didn't really know what to make of him last year. Like, he was fun, but I wanted to see something more consistent from the pocket. And they kind of made me nervous because the Ravens were talking before the season how they're just they're going to let him run and like there's going to be a lot of running in the offense and that just made me uncomfortable because I want them to develop him into a pocket passer which he's become. So what were your thoughts on Lamar Jackson going into the season? Because I was doubtful and now I am very excited about it and I think that they're a real team and they've kind of taken the lead at least in my mind in the AFC North because I don't like what I've seen from the Browns so far. Nobody cares about the Bengals. And obviously the Steelers are now without Big Ben. So what do you think? Right. So this is how I, I – so I drafted um, Lamar in my fantasy league, but I had him on the bench in week one. So you Ooh. can only imagine how devastating that was. Uh, again, why I haven't played fantasy in a couple of years. <laughs> but this week promptly moved him um, as my starting quarterback, and not just because of his week one performance, because, again, that was against my very lowly Dolphins, but still – I agree with you. His development alone from 2018 to 2019 is enough to make me excited. I mean, the kid has shown that he is no longer a kid. He's a grown-ass man. He's a starting QB, and he can do it all. He can run it. He's got the aerial attack. He knows what he's doing. He's commanding the field and this offense, and and they're they're looking like the real deal. So the other real deal is the Patriots. And, uh, I mean, look, I didn't know what really to expect from the Patriots this year. And then they made a bunch of annoying moves and they came out like ghostbusters. And obviously now they have a B, um, you were in the middle of the Antonio Brown Raiders camp chaos. In fact, I was texting you like throughout that whole like four or five day, uh, roller coaster. Like, are you okay? Like literally, <laughs> like literally, are you all right? Cause there's a lot happening right now. Um, have you gotten sleep? What was uh, what was the reaction really in Oakland when AB left? I think initially a lot of the guys were for as much of a united front as they as they presented, and I don't think that was contrived. I think the guys were really just relieved that it was over. That it's like, all right, now we can focus on what we have to do, or at least that the outside world can focus on the X's and O's around this team. Um, there was just, regardless of how much you say that your team isn't distracted and they're not playing, you know, they're not paying attention to the headlines or to Twitter. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're looking, even if it's after practice, guys are watching and even at a subconscious level, it's gonna, it's gonna get through one way or another. So the overall relief after it was quickly determined that he was going to the Patriots was palpable in that locker room. It was, thank God it's over. 
you know, nobody really had any ill will towards him. They were sort of, it was apathetic, really. Like, all right, well, he's not here. Cool, whatever. Let's move on. But more so than more so than anything else, they were glad that they didn't have to answer any more questions from us in the press corps about Antonio Brown. Well, so having been close to the situation there in Oakland and now seeing everything that's playing out with New England and we're waiting to see what happens with Roger Goodell. Uh, and I don't want to get into the case and all that stuff, but like, what do you, what is your gut feeling about how that situation plays out? I mean, it's insane. Um, I think the fact that, and without getting into the details of the, of the case, which I've, I'm not privy to, it's, it's just another sort of notch in the overall scheme of everything that's gone down. I mean, that is, is on another level of escalation and another level of severity, but he played on Sunday. He played and he scored, and seemingly everyone didn't even mention what's been going on with the case. So it's, it's just one of those things where we've seen across this league, if you're winning, if you're putting on points, everything else sort of dissipates and, and goes off to the side. Uh, but it, it can't be ignored. Well, it was really fun, MJ. I'm super proud of you. Just so you know, MJ is the first uh, Latina on the NFL Network as well. I yeah. saw you reposted that video of Odell <laughs> last night with oh the reporter. God. Oh, man. That was... Uh... It was the most amazing reaction. <laughs> he looked like he was solving a math problem. I'm like, wait, what did he just say? So uh, when I go to Cleveland, my goal this Sunday is to at the very least, give him, like, just a couple of key phrases that, like, will get him through any ESPN or NFL and Espanol um, interviews that he may have. That is very <laughs> smart. If you didn't see the video, Odell was being interviewed um, by a reporter from ESPN Deportes, and he started off the interview in Spanish, and Odell was very confused <laughs> what was happening. He's like, what is happening right now? Yeah, so um, that's actually smart. You should do that. I love that idea. Um, thanks so much for I'll coming on. Um, also, last minute, uh, love you. Next time you're in L.A., um, we'll get some wine, as we always do. And uh, hopefully I'll see you yeah. soon. Love you forever. Thank you. Bye, babe. Are you ready for what's ahead? Yes. You can't always predict the future, but you can game plan for it. Generations of families and businesses have harnessed the power of Pacific to help them reach their unique goals. Whether you need to save enough money to meet your needs, ensure your family is protected, or make sure you don't run out of money, Pacific Life has a variety of financial solutions that can help. Pacific Life counts more than half of the 100 largest U.S. companies as its clients and has been named one of the 2019 world's most ethical companies by the Ethisphere Institute. Protecting what matters most to people for 150 years and counting, that's the power of Pacific. Ask a financial professional about how Pacific Life can help you game plan for your future. Or visit www.pacificlife.com. Thank you, MJ, for joining us. She was amazing. It is now time for Wit It or Quit It. Heller is teeing me up now for this. It's a big moment for you, Heller. Big responsibility. What I got you. Quitting B- today. Big shoes to fill, literally. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, last year, Patrick Mahomes' breakout MVP season signaled that a changing of the guard in the NFL was near. Now, with Big Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees getting hurt in week two, uh, it seems pretty clear that the future is here. Joy, Big Ben, Drew Brees, and Phillip Rivers are more likely to join AARP than win an MVP. Win it or quit it. Ooh, with the clever wording. Well done. Only one flub. I kept the uh in there just to seem human. It's I don't want to seem like a ro- reading robot. I mean, it's you know what a mean? lot of reading, so yeah. I get it. Um, also did some live edits. Great. Oh, yeah, did you? Yeah. Classic well, Brandon a, That's move, where yeah. it happens. Um, I'm going to win it. It's, I, I, none of them hey. are in even the conversation of MB, MVP this year. Now, that said, obviously Tom Brady is the oldest of the old. And he very well may win a, an MVP this year because he looks incredible. And I don't even want to put him in this group because he's an outlier. Like, Tom Brady just doesn't count. He doesn't count. He's You can't compare anyone to him. He's the greatest quarterback of all time, arguably the greatest football player of all time, certainly has the most rings, and he just doesn't age. So let's just put him outside of this particular group. Although I do think next year will begin the deterioration and then the moving forward of Tom Brady. And I'm not one to call for the end of Tom Brady's career. I don't like – it's become a cottage industry to discuss when Tom Brady is going to retire. And I know it's, it's like, fun to – theorize and stuff but they're great they're better than they were last year and they won the Super Bowl last year so I'm just done with that conversation so he's on the outside but I did say this at the beginning of the season I thought this was the last year of greatness for the old guard of quarterbacks which would be Philip Rivers Drew Brees Ben Roethlisberger Eli Manning benched 
right, which we'll get to in a second. But it just it just felt like this year was very crucial for them because Ben Roethlisberger, obviously they're coming off of losing Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. They're, you know, pumping their chests up about how they didn't need those guys and they have enough talent and those Steelers and they're back to culture and boom, Roethlisberger's out for the season. You have Mason Rudolph. I don't believe in that situation. I've been watching the Steelers my entire life and what's happened in the last couple of years is just that's not the team that I know. Ben's ready to help him now, though. That's good. Ben's trying to do this baby face, like, and and I get it because he's he has turned into a, quite a villain. Is that his? Yeah, that face, baby face. Because look, like he was not okay with them drafting Mason Rudolph. He said he thought there were better players that could help the team now. Like that's pretty much like what? Come on, are dude. You dra- yeah, that, I mean, you did not approve of that draft pick. Is it, there's a lot when you really dive deep on that radio show? What a disaster for Ben Roethlisberger. Anyway, he's trying to fix it. It's cute. He's having guys over for barbecues and stuff. It's nice. Well, he's out for the season. He says he's gonna be back next year. He's not gonna. I don't think that he's gonna come back the same Ben Roethlisberger. That's just my opinion. Could prove me wrong. I'm open for it, but I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think that Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin are gonna win another Super Bowl with their tenure together. I think it's over. I'm not saying they're not gonna be good next year. I just don't think they're gonna win another Super Bowl. And they're clearly not interested in drafting a quarterback because they just traded away their first-round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick. Now you have Drew Brees. He's out for the next six weeks. I mean, maybe they stay afloat. Maybe not. People kind of felt like the Saints were going to take a step back this year. I did not think so, but that's when Drew Brees was going to be out there for the entire season. This is why you kept Teddy Bridgewater, so let's see what's up. Yeah, I mean, we'll see We'll see what he does. Teddy Bridgewater is a serviceable backup. and Teddy Two Gloves. I mean, he did well with the Vikings, so we'll see what happens. They do have some offensive weapons. I just, I, I think that this year, the way that the first couple of weeks, I mean, first two weeks are playing out, I, I don't, I think it's over for all of these guys. Philip Rivers, it was a disaster. He's in year 15, he made it to one AFC championship game his entire career, and, and they he can't lo- beat the Lions. And then he lost to Donnie's Lions. Unbelievable. <laughs> are you an actual Lions fan? This whole time you've just been sitting in here not commenting. Well, what's he gonna say? What's he gonna say? What's he gonna say? I can't have no like stance to stand on. I can't defend this team. They've like historically bad. Our last playoff win was in 1956. I have I have nothing to say. Now you got a guy with a laminated sheet and a pencil. Ugh. I can't. Honestly, my skin just crawled at the thought of how obnoxious that is. And I really want to like him. But why? why? But I don't know because everyone picks on him, so I want to like him. That's true. And I don't believe in fat shaming. I do. You, you and uh, <laughs> you and what's his name? Uh, Bill Maher. Bill Maher. Yeah. I'm fine with. I'll side with Bill Maher on this one. Yeah, that's, that's, fine. that's bad that's, take. That's, Boo. Yeah. No, not hot. He's never right. No, I mean, not just not on that. Anyway, uh, we're derailing. The point is, I was here for them this year. I thought the Steelers were going to win the AFC North. Now with the Ravens, I'm not so sure. Drew's going to be out, so if they stay afloat, maybe they can make a run at the end of the season. But uh, to be honest with you, that injury, I don't think he's going to be back in six weeks anyway. I think it's going to take him longer to recover from that. And if you look at, just just in the full perspective of the old guard of the quarterbacks moving on, like the older quarterbacks, if you look at all the teams that are 2-0, and you have the Patriots, Brady, Hall of Famer. Packers, Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Famer, my MVP pick this year. Seahawks, Russell Wilson, going to be a Hall of Famer. All well disrespected. Really big win for them against the Steelers and also also close bro of Colin Cowherd. Close bro. They bro they brought horde on TV. Close bro. They've they've become closer. He's very comfortable now. They probably text, I bet. Yeah, maybe. Um no, they don't, because Colin would say it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The the Bills, Josh Allen, eh, but he's he's proved me wrong the first two weeks, so I can't be mad at that. The Chiefs of Mahomes, Ravens, Lamar Jackson, Cowboys, Zach Prescott, the Rams, Jared Goff, and 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo. So only three of the all the teams that are 2-0 and are old guys to begin with. And Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo doesn't count. He's had like 10 starts in his NFL career. So that's telling you something right now. Like there's a wave of change happening here. And again, I don't want to put Brady in this because I'm, I'm not calling for the end of Brady's career. I just think it's interesting. And I thought that this year was a year that these guys – Breeze, Rivers, well, we didn't think Manning was going to, but Big Ben really had to capitalize on the talent they had around them and and taking advantage of these younger guys while developing and getting better and, and taking big steps like Lamar Jackson are also not quite there yet. So, All right. All right, what's next? Okay, speaking of moving on, Tuesday brought word from Gotham that Robin will be taking the helm from Batman. Daniel Jones was named the Giants starter for Week 3, and after almost 15 years as a starter there in New York, Eli Manning, Eli, let me start over. Yeah! 
Yes! <laughs> we're keeping all this in. Oh, no, uh, we're not. Tuesday morning brought word from Gotham <laughs> that Robin will be taking the helm from Batman. Daniel Jones was named the giant starter for week three. After almost 15 years as the starter, the Eli Manning era is coming to a close. Still bad, but better. Joy, the Giants are right. It's time to move on from Eli Face. Wit it or quit it. Wit it. Um, just as a note, when you mess up, just keep going. I mess up all the time on her. I know, but I messed up so bad. It just you just just take a breath. It snowballed and, then you just and keep got going. worse and worse. And now just, my excuse me, keep going. Now my palms are sweaty. My cheeks are hot. Yeah, it's that. Uh, that's how it happens. That's how it happens when you stop. Um, wit it. One more. One more time. The question. The Giants are right. To move on from Eli face. <laughs> yes, of course Wait they're it, right. Yeah. I've been preaching this since the preseason. I will admit, I was not trusting of this draft pick at all. I feel like it came out of nowhere. But the Giants, like onions, went for it. And then they didn't onions because they kept Eli Manning out there. And we know what Eli Manning is at this point. And the idea that Eli Manning was going to somehow get better in his bajillionth season in the league is nonsense. He, it's not. We know what Eli Manning is. And they took Daniel Jones sixth overall, and they should have done, had the torch passing moment at the beginning of the season. They didn't because they're paying Eli Manning $23.5 million this year. So I get it. You want to see maybe if Eli Manning still functions if you're paying $23 million or something. Fine. It's two games in the season. Hand it over to Daniel Jones. Thankfully, this feels, hopefully, we don't know, maybe, but I'm believing that this is a situation that the Giants are going to stick with. Like, they're not going to go with Daniel Jones here, and then four games from now, Daniel Jones looks terrible, they go back to Eli Manning. Oh, my God. That would be so amazing, though, just it for would pure be chaos amazing purposes. For chaos purposes, and usually I root for anarchy, but I also root for content, and the Giants, when the Giants are good, the NFL is better. They're a cornerstone franchise. It's New York. They have Saquon. He's they so have, good. Saquon is so good. So good. Can we just... He's so good. It's not fair how good he is on that terrible, terrible team. He's so good that, like, as a result of him being there, Sterling Shepard seems better as a wide receiver. That tight end seems like he's a star tight end. He just is a star. He is a star. He elevates, is, oh. yes, he elevates everyone he's, around him. He seems really nice, too. Like, he yeah. does a lot of stuff, and he always seems, he always comes off well. Yes, he, he's great, and I hope that Daniel Jones is the answer for that situation in New York. And that said... I get it. Like we get, we're very hard on organizations when I don't know they treat them like the Detroit Lions do when they treat their players that way. They're they're superstars, they're legends. Nobody wants to see that. It's a very vicious cutthroat business. Guys get cut and dropped and forgotten about. So I have to give the Giants credit for at least sticking by Eli after that disaster with uh, what's his face, Gino. No, yeah, but the coach. Oh. Shermer? I've no. I've put him out of my mind so far. Oh my god. Oh yeah. People used to tell me that I look like eyebrows him. guy. No, it was mustache guy, right? What was the name? Yeah, uh, the eyebrows um, too. Oh yeah. He didn't have eyebrows. Yeah. What yeah. Is his oh name? my god. He's so forgettable. Hold on. He's not forgettable. He's super he, forgettable. Everything that he did was so memorable. But I have completely like I'm completely blanking on his name. Okay, so it's Pat Shermer right now. Give it to me. I know Pat. We took right over now. from McDougal or something. Ben McAdoo. McAdoo! I was so close. McDouble, McAdoo, same thing. McAdoo. McAdoo, what McAdoo did to McAdoo, what McAdoo did more to like Mac, Eli more, Manning. More like McAdoo. <laughs> what he did to Eli Manning was wrong. I hated it. You don't bench him for Geno Smith. We know what Geno Smith is. So this is the right situation. It's the right thing to do. If they were going to stick with Eli Manning through the rest of the season, I was going to be accepting of that. As I told Colin the other day, at the end of the season, you sit down with the football Illuminati that is the Manning family. You get the most expensive bottle of wine that you have that has like two decades of dust on it, and it's like ten thousand yeah, dollars. They feel very special. Yeah, 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 yeah you sure. got to you know put it in the canter, the whole thing. Do the whole presentation, and then you tell him you're retiring. And then you give it to Daniel Jones. I'd have been fine with that, too, because this seems like a lost season anyway. But I'm much more happy with this situation because you need to get Daniel Jones out there. If this was already going to be a lost season, which you pretty much signed up for when you started Eli Manning at the beginning of the season, now you have an opportunity to see what Daniel Jones is, let him develop. I don't think you get better at anything by watching other people do it. I get it. do it poorly. Alex Smith, like Patrick Mahomes – Okay, like, fine, but also Patrick Mahomes is clearly incredibly talented. So maybe it was Alex Smith, maybe it's Patrick Mahomes is very good. Who knows? All we have is what we can look at from what happens, and it seems like Alex Smith taught him how to be a professional. 
His dad also played Major League Baseball, so he might have already learned how to be Andy Reid's a good quarterback coach, I digress. Too, so. He's good. I don't. I didn't need to have that situation with Daniel Jones. And now you actually will, because unless Eli Manning forces his way out to go to, say, Jacksonville or something, which I hope he doesn't do, because as, as much as people bang on Eli Manning, Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. Like, I, I know people don't want to say that, but he is. He's a two-time Super Bowl MVP. He beat Tom Brady in his prime twice in the Super Bowl. He's a four-time Pro Bowler. Like you can't, you you can't just ignore that. He's he is a Hall of Famer. It's it's people are going to struggle with it, but he's one of those guys. And in general, with with the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you're clearly a Hall of Famer or you're not. And Eli Manning is probably going to want to be one of those guys just because he constantly gets compared to his brother, and he he's had these bad couple of years at the end of his career. <coughs> Nepotism. <coughs> he's a Hall of Famer. I'm sorry, he just is. He yeah, because his name's Manning. No, because he won two Super Bowls in the Tom Brady era. He beat them in both, and it was a Super Bowl MVP in both. Two, not one, two. As long as it's not first ballot or second ballot, I'm fine. Hey, ballots. I, I don't get into the ballot thing. You're, you're in or you're not. Matter to if it T.O. makes people feel more comfortable, fine. But he is a Hall of Famer. I'm very excited for this new era. Daniel Jones, I'm rooting for him. I uh, do not care about the Giants in general. All they have done me two solids by beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl, especially in 2007. Thank you. Thank you. This is the reason why I say that Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer because, man, I have never rooted harder for a team I didn't care about than in the 2007 Super Bowl when the Patriots were undefeated because that's all the Dolphins have left. Mercury Morris. That's all we have left, dude. Shouts to Merck. We got the shirts, and that's like, you know, the 72 undefeated. No one can take that away from us. But they tried, and they stopped them. <laughs> and that's why Eli's <laughs> and I, a Hall of Famer. And Eli's a Hall of Famer for that. I also think that they should put Cleo Lemon and Greg Camarillo as a honorary Hall of Famers for saving that the play Dolphins That play is like that. a Hall of Fame play. Uh, right? you, they, like, I guess Dolphins.com or something did an interview with Camarillo the other day, and I retweeted it and kind of shared my experience. Okay, so if you don't know this moment, I've told the story a thousand times, but I'll tell it again real quickly. So the – well, I forget what year it was. Um, I don't know. One of Jason's last seasons with the Dolphins, and it was a complete disaster. I believe Cam Cameron was the head coach. They lost every single game that season, and it was the last game of the season. It was against the Ravens. It was at home. It's week 15, I believe, yeah. but close. Yeah, Almost so there. no one expected them to win, obviously. It was a very rough year. Like if When we talk about teams tanking, like this is why I get so serious about it because I had that experience with Jason in Miami and like how much it – affects players and families and like organizations and people lose jobs and it's just a disaster when your team is that bad anyway end of the game Cleo Lemon connects with Greg Camarillo they win it is glorious it was like the soup like I imagine that's what it feels like when you win the Super Bowl that's like how I was crying tears of happiness I don't cry tears of happiness I only exclusively cry tears of sadness Okay, um, it's very, very hard to get me very happy. <laughs> and that's with my name being Joy. I know it's ironic, but like, I'm just I'm more of like a Daria kind of person. So I really don't get that happy. That's probably the only time in my life I've ever cried tears of happiness. It was, and I, I have nine nieces and nephews. <laughs> la, okay. la, 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 la. It was an amazing moment. I just wanted to share that again. Anyway, they interviewed him about it, and I shared it on Twitter that it was truly like, I'll never forget that moment. The, I just watched it. The crowd and the players are going Super Bowl winning level crazy. I, I mean, it's it's nothing. Like, you're just winning one game in a completely pathetic season. But you didn't lose every single game. And yep. that is what matters. You weren't defeated. Was, I mean, I can't tell you. It was like, there's no feeling. There's nothing like it. It's, there's nothing like it. There's no drug in the world. I was going to make a very insensitive comment, but I chose not to. There's no drug in the world like it. <laughs> There's no drug like winning. Hear ye, hear ye. NFL refs are petty. I know what you're doing, referees. You're tired of us talking trash about you, so you're just going to continue to make stupid calls so we can link you in bad calls to the Saints. I'm tired of this. I was so excited to be done talking about that damn pass interference call with the Rams, and then what do you do? You screw the Saints again, so you just add to this conspiracy theory that everyone hates the Saints. No one hates the Saints. Everyone loves the Saints. I've never met one person in my life who doesn't like the Saints, Drew Brees. No one. I've literally never met anyone. Sean Payton, he's great. The only the only people that don't like the Saints was like that one time when Greg Williams was there. We've, we've chosen, forgiven them for that. We don't even care about that anymore until it's Greg not there Williams anymore. brought it up yeah. last week. Yeah, so who cares? Everyone loves the Saints. 
Everyone loves New Orleans. It's a wonderful place. That's where your hat's from, isn't it? My hat's literally from New Orleans. It literally is from New Orleans. Yes, I bought this Mardi Gras with my mother uh, last year. Yes, this is literally from New Orleans. It was a wonderful time. I love that place. Stop screwing the Saints. All right, well, we'll start with the other call, which was the Bears and Broncos, which, I mean, come on. Bradley Chubb was called for roughing the passer. It was not even close to roughing the passer. 15-yard penalty. Bears win uh, on a field goal because they got them into field goal territory. Completely gave them the game. But the Saints got screwed. Cam Jordan clearly ran that fumble back. I don't care how it turned out. You can talk about how the Saints got blown out. It would have, they would have taken a 10-3 lead there, so who knows how that game would have turned out. More importantly, why? Ugh. Why would you ever blow the, the the play dead? Why? Why would you do that? Why? Why would you do that? You have replay. I don't understand. I need one person to explain it to me. Did you did your brain stop working? What? Why are you blowing the whistle? I'm watching this happen. I'm like, what are they doing? You have replay. Let the play play out. Then go and review it because all scoring plays are reviewed. Look at it. You can see it. See it's a fumble or not a fumble, and then you can call it back. What you can't do is is rerun the play and give them the touchdown after you blow the whistle. So they completely got screwed. Saints fans are completely entitled to complain about it, and probably forever now. So we're never going to hear the end of it because you screwed them again against the same opponent, against the Rams. What are you doing? You had one job. You had one job. I understand what you're doing. I see what you're doing. This is one of those times where I don't appreciate the pettiness, okay? I love pettiness, but this is not one of those times. Stop screwing the Saints over. I'm tired of talking about blown calls. And for that matter, there's nothing we can do about this because as long as there's going to be referees that are human beings, which is what I always want because robots are not prepared to be um, referees. Shout out to the robot community. You know I always support you, but this is not this is not the space, okay? This is not your lane, okay? Uh, we need human error. Like, it's just, just the way it's, this is the way it goes. We have a bazillion cameras, so it's fine. It's covered. Just don't blow the freaking play dead. You support robotics, Joy? I'm I've always supported the robotics community, and I want this on the record, so when they take over planet Earth, they know I'm a friend. Joy Taylor, okay, of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, also Miami, Florida, Los Angeles, okay? I'm all over the grid. Um, I, I am a friend of the robot community. I mean, you no harm, but I don't think it should be referees. It's fine. Now you can say that I don't belong in sports because I'm a woman and I feel like cause you're a robot, you don't belong in sports either. <laughs> Making human decisions. <laughs> Making human decisions. Let's leave it to the human men and, uh, one, uh, woman referee that we have. There might be two now, I think. <laughs> okay, there's two. <laughs> it's not for you guys, not for the robots, but I love you guys again. And... <laughs> I don't, I don't want no smoke. <laughs> Remember this. I don't know how I'm going to do this, so I'm just going to sing it myself, I guess. High key, low key. No, that's, we're going to I think we're just going to, I'm just going to say high key, low key moving forward. You and say, then, okay, it's time for high key, low key. Okay, it's done. time, it's time for high key, low key. We don't need to sing. So high key, the Cowboys are still good. And low key, uh, undefeated, never lost. I'm just right about the Cowboys this year. I know it's week two, but I'm right. They play the Dolphins next week, so guess what? They're going to be 3-0. Eat it. I'm right. Dak is great. He looks amazing. He's winning without Zeke balling out of control. Uh, the new offense looks great. He's making crisp throws. Uh, apparently, um, what's his name that retired? Witten. Witten. Still got a little uh, gas I don't know in the why tank. he wanted to call him Jason Garrett. Jason Witten uh, is looking like a spring chicken out there. Just pay the man. It's done. Like, the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl this year. It's going to be Chiefs-Cowboys. It's going to be the greatest Super Bowl of all time. It's going to be a zillion points. If you go to South Beach, you're going to party and have the best time of your life, and it's going to be on Fox, and I can't wait. That's happening. I'm speaking it into existence still, and so far, I'm right. And like I said, they play the Dolphins next week, so it's it's 3-0 for the, for the Cowboys. Um, High-key Odell is still a star. Low-key, the Browns aren't ready yet. Last night was a good win, I guess. For the Browns, I mean, they beat the completely depleted Jets 23-3. Baker ran for his life. He had one touchdown, 325 passing yards, completion rate of 54.3%. He has two touchdowns and four interceptions this year. Is that true? That's terrible. I believe that's true. Sounds like facts. Miles Garrett had four penalties last night, which is A couple of those were light. I thought, I mean, when he when he injured the quarterback, that was definitely a penalty. But the one before that. I didn't feel like he drove him into the ground too bad. I mean, four is four, and he was the most <laughs> – I believe he was the most penalized defensive lineman in the league last year, so he, that's your rep. that you got to clean that up. Like, that's just undisciplined. And he's very talented, like so trend, you don't want yeah. that, and it's a trend with the Browns anyway. They had, what, 18 penalties week one? 
That said, Odell is still the the shining light superstar that he is. He had one touchdown, uh, six receptions, 161 yards, had a huge breakaway touchdown. And a new one-hander. New one-hander. very exciting. And a $2 million watch in warm-ups. What? Why? I don't think I want to wear something that... Who thinks that's cool? I mean, it's very cool if you are if you are if you're Odell Beckham, you can wear a two million dollar watch. I can't wear a two million dollar watch. I would be walking around like this. What would I do with my? I don't know. What do I do with my hands? What's wrong with your arm, Joy? I don't know. There's two million dollars on it. I don't feel like it belongs in my pocket. What do you do with a two million dollar watch? It's awesome. I I don't. It's not for us. Like it's not. You know, unless someone secretly in here is a, a trust fund kid or like a prince, princess. No? Okay, so it's, not, privilege. it's not for us. <laughs> well, yeah. Mm. Well played. Well played. I mean, Odell's still a superstar, and that's great, but he's not going He's not going to become a Hall of Famer playing for this team. And that's just – that's just. I, and I know I'm being very dramatic here based off of two weeks, but the way this team's currently assembled and the way it's looking right now, not trending in a great, in a great direction. Well, like, the- that was a good win. You won by 20 points. Great. You beat the Jets, who have no one. Like, what's the big selling points on Baker? It's like leadership and accuracy. Accuracy. Eesh, so this is not to take a major. Throws. Yes, take a major step up. I realize he was running around a lot. Um, maybe I'm being a little bit dramatic with the Hall of Fame thing, but like, I from based off what I'm seeing right now in this current moment, you have to fix the offensive line and figure some stuff out. But Odell is still a superstar. Finally, high key, the WNBA playoffs have been lit. Low key, I'm sad that Seattle got knocked out. Shout out to Jordan Canada and the Seattle Storm. They won't be repeating as champions, though. They lost 92-69 to the Sparks. And the Vegas Aces had an incredible win over the Chicago Sky. Uh, Dierica Hamby sent the Aces into the semifinal with an amazing half-court runner. If you missed it, it's a great, fun highlight. And James Harden made an appearance at the Vegas Aces game. And uh, Kelsey Plum had a one-legged challenge shot at the end of the three, three, uh, third quarter three-pointer walk-off um, at the buzzer, and uh, James Harden loved it. It was the most likable James Harden's ever been. I was like, who's this fun, bearded gentleman? He's so fun. And then I, yeah, but Laughing he's still, and enjoying the WNBA. God, he almost made me forget about all the times that he just ran into the middle of the lane and f- hooked someone's arm and <laughs> fell down. <laughs> Um, It was great. It was fun, though. So the Sparks play the Connecticut Sun uh, today, and uh, the Aces play the Mystics. Since the Storm are out, I would like to see the Las Vegas Aces win because I just think it's fun when Vegas teams win. Um, And they are a fun team. Yeah, so check that out today. Loser Power Rankings. Loser Power Rankings. These are the losers losers of the week. All right, here are the loser power rankings for this week. Let's start with the Miami Dolphins, shall we? They're trash. (laughs) I feel bad. I really do because I know that the players are not trying to tank and I know that Brian Flores and his coaching staff are not trying to tank. I know all the very hardworking, good people that work in that organization are not happy with losing and don't want to lose and are not encouraging people to lose and are going to work every day and trying really hard. It's when you decide as an organization up top that you're tanking It's like everything trickles down and it's all just negativity and nothing positive can grow in that environment. It's going to take like 10 years to recover from this, which the Dolphins have already been doing for the past 20 years. Basically, they just traded Minka Fitzpatrick. I I mean, great. You have 15 picks in the 2020 draft, including three in the first round. If you look at the bust rates in the NFL drafts. And then you look at Miami Dolphins draft picks over the past, say, 10 years. How many of them are even still there? I don't love it. I I think that it's while it seems it has the appearance of a plan, I think that when you set the table for this level of losing, this historical uh, level of losing, it's just impossible to recover from in a quick fashion, which is the point of tanking is that you tank so that you can get a bunch of good players and then you're good. But that's not how it works because you don't have a culture when you tank because a culture would be a standard that you set. So I know it's like all very confusing. It's like, well, we want more draft picks. And then how do you do that if you're just eight and eight? I would rather be eight and eight and make moves, be aggressive, make some trades, try and figure out how to move up in the draft and scout well than be absolutely the worst team in NFL history in like a decade and then convince yourself that you're going to draft Tua and then all of a sudden be uh, like he's LeBron James or something. It's not how it works in football. It's a disaster. It's like I'm very upset. It's like they saw the Raiders plan and went, that seems good. Let's do that. But the, pr- the problem is, is that the Raiders like 
are in a tough spot and have to do some of these things because Mark Davis is poor by comparison to other owners and they're moving stadiums and it's a train wreck. There's no reason for this. The in Raiders Miami. are completely outlier situations to the Dolphins. So why why comparable. why do things that they do? It's and it seems like uh, I mean, gathering draft picks and making all the trades. It's what Gruden did last year. It's not going to work. I'd love to be as poor as Mark Davis, but. That said, the, I think the better... Oh, he's compa- poor for an owner. <laughs> the, the, I know what you're saying. Like, compared to Stephen Ross, he broke five broke. Right. So, but again, you know. Yeah, it's he ain't got it. Um, the point is, the Browns are kind of a closer example to what the Dolphins are doing. So, it's like, oh, the Browns, they tanked for a couple years. Well, look at the Browns now. Like, ha- ha- has that worked? Like, yes, you got Baker. Can't live up to yes, expectations. Yes, you got Odell. Like, now they have massive expectations, and we don't know if they're going to be good yet or not. Like, we think they're going to be good. I thought that they were going to be a um, wild card team, and they very well still might. They don't – not the great start. Okay, I get it. They won by 20. They beat the Jets. Like, I'm not going to overreact to that. Not the best start for the Browns. Maybe they'll be a wild card team. Maybe they won't. We have no idea what's going to happen with them this year or moving forward. I tr- Don't tank. It's it's a horrible idea. UCLA football. Okay, also not a good start to the season. 0-3 start for Chip Kelly. Two years in a row. He is now 3-12 and as a head coach for the UCLA Bruins football team. And fun note, there are lots of murmurs that he doesn't like recruiting. So, I don't know. Wrong career? Probably take that pro OC job then, huh? Instead of going back to college, huh? What do you – I don't even know – okay. There's a lot of things that people say just, like, doesn't make sense to me. Like, when someone's like, oh, yeah, I don't like – so what do you what do you, what do you want to do, like, you know, after college? I don't know. I think I'm just going to – I don't know yet. I think I'm just going to, like, hang, you know? I think I'm going to move home and just chill for a little bit. Travel then, a little bit. Yes, travel. Like, oh, you have, you have money like that? No, but I think I'm just going to figure – oh, oh, okay. So what's – that – oh, that's a thing. Apparently that's a thing. Yeah. But I don't know. Apparently that's a thing. It's very similar to Chip Kelly saying he doesn't want to recruit. What do you mean? What are you making like twenty five million or something? <laughs> you recruit? It's college football. It doesn't. It doesn't, makes no sense to me. All right, obviously. And then also he doesn't like doing the booster things, and maybe that works at Oregon. Um, maybe that works at some random small school. And he's kind of a turd, huh? Alabama. I mean, I don't know him personally, so I'm not like going kind of to turd. comment on his personality. But based off of the information that seems to be spewing out, and I, I get it when you're losing, everything is heightens. And UCLA is not a traditional football power, but it's still UCLA, and there's expectations that come with making that much money when your name is also Chip Kelly and you're sold by the school as this yeah. great savior of the program. Also, the school sells its like recruiting at UCLA is not recruiting somewhere else. Like you just have to get them to fly out and well, look at the campus. Yes, but it, it, UCLA also has an incredibly high academic standard. So while you can get kids in, they have to stay eligible. So you can't just get junior college transfers and whoever at UCLA. You can get them in, but can they stay eligible? That's a whole different conversation. I understand he has a Jaylen very Hurts. young team. He has like maybe the youngest team in all of college football. But none of these excuses matter, especially if you're talking about you don't want to go to booster events. Guess what? All right? It's L.A. It's, when you show up here, they give you a tissue, and it's your, your ass-kissing tissue. Everyone gets one. No one is exempt, okay? That's what you do around here. It's obnoxious. It's Hollywood. You got to go to some, some mixers, all right? Find your favorite little drink. Yep. You know, yep. Get yourself a little glass of rosé and relax. You're, you got to go, go talk to people. There's a lot of people who would love to do that, too. Like, I understand that you don't necessarily yes, want to go would, to a party. But, that's, but like, it's an L.A. People, party, those, dude. Those are Just the people go. that need to be hired at schools like UCLA. There's a different standard ariana went to ucla she knows what i'm talking about like this is not i'm not it's not a knock it's just that's it's la <laughs> like you can't just come here and just do whatever you want on top of losing and starting both seasons zero and three it's just, I, that situation is a disaster i don't know what's going to happen if he goes this season without winning a game which is very well possible finally the chargers oh i i I, know, I can't believe in the Chargers. I never do, but they lost to the Lions. They also had two touchdowns called back due to penalties. Then Austin Eckler fumbled at the goal line, trying to dive over the pile. And, of course, Phillip Rivers uh, let a drive, a uh, potential winning score, and then instead decided to throw it to the Lions. They're the worst good team I've ever seen. The worst seen. good team ever. What's wrong with them? The worst good team ever. I remember, truly believe they're cursed. Remember that kicker fiasco? That was amazing. They had a kicker. They had a kicker year. What What's the thing this year? Fumbles? Penalties? What's it? What's it going to be? I think it's going to be Philip Rivers not being really good. He was 21 of 36, 58.3 completion rate. 
no touchdowns, one interceptions, 293 yards. That's not good enough. And and it, it's so frustrating because I, I, I kind of feel for the Chargers. Like, I want them – I kind of want them to be good, but then I'm like, oh, they're so boring. I don't want them to be good. But then I want them to be good because they have, like, all this talent. I like Phillip Rivers. He's got 15 kids. You know, he's got a lot going on. But it's like every year this happens. I truly believe they're cursed. Like, I believe that the Dolphins are cursed. I believe they're cursed. I believe they curse themselves, and I truly believe they're cursed. I believe it so much, I, in fact, found an article – that the stadium was built on top of like an ancient Indian burial grounds. That's number one way to curse something <laughs> is to build on an ancient up, burial like they ground. They were digging grounds. Come on. To, I mean, it could have been an onion article, so don't quote me on this, but like they were digging grounds and they found like a burial grounds and they had like the government come in to excavate all of it and like take it to a museum and then they continued to build it there. Like, I don't, I don't care how much gotta, money you spent. Like, yeah, we need a new location. Yeah, it's not enough. There's not <laughs> I enough. Know this, I know we purchased this land, but let's just sell it to Target and then yeah, you know, yeah. let's buy another there's, space. The Target's curse proof. There's not enough sage or crystals <laughs> to fix that land for a Nowhere stadium. Nowhere near enough sage. Look that up. I believe it was in the Herald or maybe the Miami New Times. Make sure it wasn't on the ending because if it was, we're cutting all of this. All right, time for the Migos Culture Reports. Uh, before we get to review or preview, um, review and preview, review or preview, review, pre- review, preview. Okay, we're working through the name. Review, preview, uh, which I'm going to cover uh, three movies that I've seen in the last week and or last two weeks, and then also preview another one. Um, shout out to Lizzo, my Beyonce. Truth Hearts is now tied with Cardi's Bodak Yellow as the longest running number one solo hit by a female rap artist in Hot 100 history. She's amazing. I love her. That's that bitch right there. 100% that bitch. Even when she's crying crazy. Yes. And I want to say that I'm not, I don't you know I pat myself on the back like 15 times a show but this one I really deserve. I was I'm I'm not a hipster about a lot of things but I was I'm definitely a Lizzo hipster. Like I was on Lizzo way back when this first dropped and tried to spread the word. We were like, eh, I don't know about the song. I'm like, nah, the song's banger. And now, of course, it's number one, and it's, like, one of the greatest songs of all time. Um, and, uh, you know, I was right, so I just want credit for that. Makes my girlfriend so hyphy. She gets so hyphy when the Lizzo comes on. Yeah, all, all of Lizzo songs. And um, they're very pro-women, and they're very fun, and they're, you know, it, it, they're amazing. I love all of them. I know all the words to all of them, and I love Lizzo, and I, I want to meet her one day and tell her how much I love her. I love you, Lizzo. Um, <laughs> speaking of Beyonce, <laughs> Beyonce uh, presents, you know, Beyonce's always, she's very smart, actually. So what Beyonce does is she records everything she does, and then she just takes the project that she already did and then shows you how she made it, and then she wins, like, Oscars. So Beyonce uh, making the gift, Beyonce presents making the gift, is like behind the scenes of the Lion King album. Um, it aired last night. I did not watch because I only, I can't do everything. Um, but also I didn't like the album. Woo. So, you know, that, is that okay? I like spirit. Spirit's good. Spirit's listenable. I don't like listen to it, but I have heard the song. Hey, Johnny has thoughts. It's the, the Afro beats. Something about the Afro beats. I love there, there are certain songs. I haven't listened to it in a while, so I'm going to be honest. So I liked it when I first heard it. Right, I you listened liked to it a couple it. times, but I did put it down and haven't revisited it. Thank you. Yeah. I, I did the same thing out of respect. And the thing about it is Lion King had very high expectations, and I was disappointed in the movie. Not because of the performances, not because of the songs, simply because I felt like Disney should have made it more cartoony because we already have real lions that we can go see. Thankfully, poachers haven't gotten all of them yet. Yeah, it was mad. Yeah. Okay. Very there mad. we go. Jeremy's the official final say on everything. Uh, we love Beyonce. It just what you know. It's uh, if someone watches it, let me know I, how it is. I bet the doc is better than the album. I bet that I'm 100. percent And I heard the Blue Ivy is a star of it, so I'm sure it's great because she is. Uh, she's gonna change the world. She's amazing. All right, time for review or preview. We're going to review three movies uh, very quickly and then preview uh, even more quickly the movie that I'm eh, somewhat interested in. All right, so I saw Good Boys. It's adorable and it's funny. I'm not going to say it's very funny because it's kids, but it's very uh, enlightening if you don't have kids. And it's funnier if you are around children a lot or you have kids. It's very it's very well done. Like it's not I thought it was going to be extremely vulgar and kind of like cringy. There's one scene in it where they go into a frat house and I was literally laughing out loud, which is very hard to do in a movie. Like I, I have memories of movies that I've seen where I'm like literally like, ha ha. In a movie theater and Anchorman, the scene where they all fight in the alley, I was wow. absolutely dying. It was the funniest the thing I've ever seen. The streets run red with burgundy blood. 
so good. Oh, this scene is so good. Um, that moment and the the frat house scene in this movie is very good. So it's funny. I recommend it. Um, Hustlers, I saw last night. So here's the thing about Hustlers. Go see it. If your girl wants to see it, suck it up and go see it. Because she's literally asking you to go see a movie about strippers. So I don't understand the problem. I don't understand the resistance. I don't even understand my own resistance, but I don't want to see it. You do want to see it, though. Like, okay, here's, let me just quickly put it in perspective for you. Okay, it's J-Lo. It's J-Lo's ass. It's J-Lo as a stripper. What more do you, what, who cares if the movie's good or not? You've seen other J-Lo movies where she's not stripping, right? Yes. Okay, so the, what's the problem? <laughs> what do you mean? First of all, J-Lo looks incredible, and she's the star of this movie, and she's awesome. Constance Wu is also very great. Um, Lily Reinhardt is, that's Constance Wu. Okay, so Lily Reinhardt, she's from uh, Riverdale fame. Kiki Palmer, everyone in it is great. I will say I wanted to see more Cardi B. I expected more Cardi B, although Cardi plays it perfectly. And Lizzo is incredible. I would have loved more Lizzo as well. But overall, it, it's a it's a very watchable movie. It's an actual movie, so it's not, like you would think that it's kind of cheesy and like not all the things that you're thinking about it right now. Like female spring breakers is what I was thinking. It's not though. It's not that. It's not female spring breakers. It is definitely a chick flick, but it is. But you're saying I'll survive. You will survive. And there's, and JLo is stripping in it. So again, again, like if you're a guy and your girl wants to see it, just take her to the movies to see the strip club movie. I don't understand it. What's the pitch here? Okay. There's ass, there's boobs, there's strippers, and it's a movie that your girl hey, wants to go listen, see. Hey, listen. When does that even happen? Listen, ever. Listen, we're, de- we're deeper than that sometimes. You no, know? you're not. You're just, you're, you're actually being shallow in that you just don't want to see a chick play. I already wanted to see the movie. My husband's like, I heard Jayla's performance is really great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> no, it's really. Well it, it phrased. Actually, <laughs> All jokes aside, it actually is a good movie, and I just wanted to see more Cardi and Lizzo. That's that's my only. And there's actually another very fun cameo in it, which you will you will laugh out loud in this moment. I'm not going to say what it is. Donnie knows what I'm talking about, but it's it's funny. So it's, it's definitely Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I it's can feel not, it. but it's it's better than that. That would have been good. Would that have been better? I don't know. I have to think about that. No, the one that is in it is 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 good. So Damn, okay. watchable. All right. Also, I saw it too. Okay, we don't have enough time to break down all the things wrong with it, too. Jeremy has clearly seen it and agrees with everything I'm about to say. Okay, so I had very high expectations for it because I don't like scary movies, and the remake of it, I loved. It was very Stranger Things-esque, um, very fun, and scary, but not to the point where like you can't sleep at night. So it, too, was cast perfectly. All of the adults in the movie look exactly like the children grown up. It's kind of actually scary. That part is the scariest part. Everything else makes no sense. The beginning of the movie doesn't make sense. The middle of the movie doesn't make sense. What happened to the adults doesn't make sense. Why did this person die? Why would they kill themselves? I don't know. It makes no sense. The clown, where does he go? I don't know what happened in this movie, okay? I have no answers. We don't have, we have no idea what happened. All I know is a bunch of people died for no reason, and I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. What happened, Jeremy? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I also, like, didn't care like they're all grown and you're telling me they all care about like this clown thing. Why don't they remember? Yeah, why don't they remember? It's it's it was all over the place. It was too long. Oh my god, so 45 minutes really too long. long. Just yeah. kill them all or let us go. <laughs> yeah. It was so I could not agree with you more. It was 45 minutes too long. Was Bill Hader good at least? He's so funny. Yes, he was good. He was great. He was good. He was great. I don't think that they and all of the actors were great in it. It just didn't make any sense. And it, and it could have just been so simplified. And and the, here's my biggest m- remark about it. I don't care about them. Yeah. I want to know what where did this f***ing clown come from? I don't care. I know where they came from. We already saw that. We know their lives. I don't care what they're doing as adults. Adults are boring. I, I'm an adult. I don't want to know about me. Who cares? We don't care what you're doing with your stupid lives and your stupid families. Where did this crazy clown come from? That's all I care about, and we did not get an answer on it at all. You, so if you're going to see it, don't expect an answer on that. If you want to know about, the, about those guys, sign up. At three, they'll tell you what happened. Finally, uh, no, I'm not going to go see three. Uh, not, that's not what I'm spending money on. Finally, uh, Brad Pitt has a movie coming out, Ad Astra. Um, it looks good. I actually like space movies. Armageddon, Hidden Figures, The Moon Landing, all great, all great space movies. I wrote that joke. I nailed it, right? <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I actually am going to see it. And Brad's pumping this movie hard. So I'm on Fox NFL Sunday doing a little little vignette. Is that what you call it? That's good, yeah. A little mini yeah. movie thing? Yeah. Promotion. So they're, they're promoting this hard. I'm going to see it. 
Our brother almost met Brad Pitt yesterday. Almost. He came into uh, his work. He works at the Washington Post as an oh, event okay. coordinator. He was doing a talk. He said he was really nice, and he said like, very good looking dude, and that his aura is almost like transcendent. It's like, yo, that's Brad Pitt. <laughs> he's like, yo, it's Brad Pitt. Like he's right. He's five feet in front of me, hanging out. Oh, so he was actually physically in the presence of Brad Pitt. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. In my mind, I felt like he was like coming to work and Brad Pitt had just left because that would have been a huge no. bummer. Um, we wow, saw him. Okay. He just didn't get yeah. that. So he smelled the same air as Brad Pitt yeah. in the room. He said it was really nice, really funny. So Yeah. Was, I mean, was, I think I would expect that of Brad Pitt. He's He's been a superstar for a long time yeah. and has had minimal uh, canceled moments. Was he short at least so I could feel better about myself uh, he's since like I don't five, have an aura? He's like 5'11". That's not short. Damn it. Yeah. Yep. I'm taller though, but still. Well, Okay. <laughs> Good for you, Heller. Boom. <laughs> Boom. You got him there. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us this week. I would give you a Maybe I'm Crazy fantasy football update, but uh, I've got three leagues, so I've got, I've got a lot going on. Next it's week, week. It's week two. We'll, we'll get there. Yes. I think I won, though. I'm 0-2, so oh. I beat there's you. an update. Yeah, you beat me last week. I beat yeah. you. Okay, that's all I'm at. I beat Heller. Um, shout out to Maybe I'm Crazy Fantasy Football League. Thanks for listening uh, and checking us out this week. Make sure you subscribe at the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast on YouTube. We are on uh, iHeart, the iHeart Media app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, obviously YouTube. And follow me on social media at Joy Taylor Talks and the podcast at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod. Uh, congrats again to Brandon. He is heading to New York for Barstool Sports. Um, so make sure you check him out there uh, whenever he gets started. I'm imagining it'll be around next week. We will hear from him. Um, but thanks for joining us this week, and we'll catch you next week. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Ooh.